Hello, listeners. Welcome to News Warrior. On this platform, we've already talked about various aircrafts that the Indian Air Force holds. We've talked about the entire MiG series almost. We've talked about Jaguars, British. We've talked about Mirages, French. But today we are going to talk about another aircraft which is by and large can be called the mainstay of the Indian Air Force today. And that is Su-30. I have with me Air Commodore S.P. Singh. Uh, most of our listeners will be familiar with him. He's already been talking about this Air Force equipment on our podcast quite a few times. Air Commodore S.P. Singh has about 3,000 hours of flying and he's flown most of the aircrafts that are being flown today by the Air Force. Air Commodore S.P. Singh, welcome to News Warrior. Good evening and thank you very much. It's always a pleasure to be on the podcast and talking to you and to our listeners and sharing information and knowledge that we have. Uh, the first thing that I would like to ask you about is, you know, the Air Force has had pretty modern aircraft. Well, we've had the MiG-21s, we've had the Jaguars, we've had the Mirages. And now, uh, Sum-30 is about the mainstay. Has the IAF planned for some upgradation of MiGs also? What is the mix now? Sir, you have touched a very, very relevant point right in the beginning. I think it is a right way to start. So that our listeners are aware of as to how the, the things shaped in our growth of the IAF and inventory. As I covered last two podcasts, that in the 70s, we had the mix series, mid 21, 23, 27, followed by Mirages and the Jaguars coming in the late 80s. As the age was catching up, mix were getting older. So normally, sir, an ACOUT's total technical life is about 30 years. And that's about also, we are already crossing 20 years of mid 21 in our inventory. So there was a need to plan for upgradation as a further extension, Along with looking for new aircraft. Now, this looking for new aircraft has two reasons. One was the mid-21s had to be replaced in due course of time, in 10 years hence from there. As also, there's a, always a technology jump which takes place in the aviation sector and it takes very pretty, pretty fast. And that was a reason to catch up with the changing technology of warfare. We had to look for an alternative. And that's where we started looking for the replacement. And Air Force had planned to look for various kind of aircraft which was Russian aircraft or the Western aircraft. Now, so the major things that we are looking for was that we should have multi-role aircraft, because then now we had all single-role aircraft, either strike aircraft or air defense, as I covered earlier. Now we are looking for the multi-role aircraft as per the modern generation. Our higher generation aircraft, if you remember, we had talked about generations of aircraft, that first generation, second, third, fourth. So we had reached third generation. Now we are looking for fourth generation aircraft with modern avionics, modern navigation system, modern weaponry, large weapon carriage, multi-role, larger range, larger reach, and larger weapon carrying capability. And obviously, the cost also will apply for it. So that's where when we started looking for these things, for the uh, replacement, we also had to plan for the existing inventory to upgrade, so that they can be at par with the, if not fully, at least some part, they can be par with the modern vehicle. They have modern weapons, modern vehicle systems, some changes can come. The basic structure cannot change, but at least something will come. And that's where the parallelly two things started. One was the upgradation of Mitkanyon, which finally came up as Bison, which I'm sure our listeners are aware of Bison Aircraft. That's the famous Abhinandan Aircraft, which shot down the F-16 after post-Balakot. And then we look for the Aircraft where we found that between the Russian Aircrafts and the Western, the basic thing which came up was that while we are looking for large number as such, that is about 200 acres in one go, or within three to four years, five years time period, also we are looking at the cost structure with all these parameters that I said. And there, 
we finally had to fall back on our old friend Russia. This time not for mix, but for Sukhoi. The Western aircraft were costlier and there in such, such large number readily they were not available. Where Russia had just started developing the 230s, which are modern aircraft with all the modern amenities. And best part in all this was, these were available in large number. And icing on the cake was that Russia as a old friend were ready to technology transfer to HAL to start manufacturing in India, which is the best part of the entire deal. So that is where we look for Su-30s for induction. And this happened somewhere in the 90s, uh, 1994. And around 1996, we signed a contract for the Su-30, which is the MKI version. That is Su-30 MK, India version. And that is production and assembly in the India itself. That is how the entire change and plan took place. And we have Su-30s now. Right, uh, Commodore. You spoke about you know, make 21 being now more than two decades old. And uh, the life of a aircraft is about 30 years. And I quite now understand the requirement of replacing them. With me, 21s were perhaps the backbone. And they, are in, or they were also there in large numbers. And you talked about Su-30s or whatever started. Let's uh, get a little more about Su-30s, which the basic aircraft as it uh, appears you feel. Uh, what are its advantages? What are its disadvantages? What are its capabilities like? And simultaneously, does it match up with modern airfare, air warfare requirements? Absolutely. I think this is the next very pertinent question that we have put. And I will try and put across all the information, nutshell, as understandable by a common man, a common person. The first thing, let me compare it with the, once again, I normally like to give examples from the normal uh, life that we have. If I go back to the same example which I gave last time, cars, that from Ambassador to Fiat to Maruti and now to BMW and Audi, there's a large change, huge change, and we almost come to a stage where now the cars are automated. And very soon we are going to have AI, that is AI-interpreted cars which will be driverless. So that is the kind of modernization which is taking place in our life. Parallelly, same thing has taken place in avionics. So now, first thing I will tell, this is the Su-30 which came in when we chose Su-30 for various factors that I covered. It is the fourth generation aircraft. That is, the, this is the first fourth generation aircraft that we had on our inventory, which is obviously best amongst the what is available. The basic features that it had were far more than the any other aircraft on our inventory or as well as with adversary. In fact, we are the best aircraft in the era that we have for our students. Till Rafals came in, and first thing and foremost which it had, it had a system called fly-by-wires. Now, fly-by-wire system is a computer-generated command control system of the aircraft, where the pilot's inputs are calculated to the optimum performance of the aircraft, and it turns its that is elevator, ailerons, and the four uh, rounds, everything in, in a manner, then generates the max turn or the max rate for the aircraft to maneuver. Now, this earlier could not be done. They all had to be done manually with hydraulically assisted or hydraulically controlled systems. So there were a lot of lag, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, kind of effort required by the pilot and a whole lot of issues were there. Whereas in this case, since it's all computer controlled, optimum control is done, pilot has to just move and he could take his eyes off or attention off the basic flying of the aircraft. So that was the first thing which happened. And it had a four backup system, that is quadruple system, redundancy. This is the major factor that we had and none of the other aircrafts have on our inventory. Second thing, sir, like we said, we are looking for a very high-speed, high-weapon carriage and long-endurance aircraft. This Su-30 filled all the requirements. Just to tell you, sir, its speed is about 2,000 km per hour, which is more than two marks. Then it has a range without any air-to-air refueling. That means a single refueling in internal tank and external with it. 
it can go to 3000 kilometers 3000 kilometers is Rain. one way or one way one way so what happened 6000 6000 kilometers no 3000 kilometers totally so i'll, I'll oh. cover why i'm saying next this is with the no refueling in the air this account also had the air to refueling capability so with okay. two air to refueling done it could now cover up to 8000 kilometers just to give an analogy sir again distance wise us is about 14000 kilometers from us now you imagine sir this aircraft had the capability to reach us with single halt and route anywhere 8000 kilometers and next 8000 is there in us it is that kind of reach now we have this is called strategic reach we are now got an aircraft which has such a large reach and we could now project ourselves better next thing it is important sir while it had air to air refueling its normal time in the air it could sustain without any external refueling was about 3 hours with air to air refueling it could go up to 8 hours now imagine sir a platform is in the air it's holding with missiles and steering any enemy comes it doesn't have to come back so there is always an aircraft available to defend you or to carry out tasks that is the capability sudden change in capability that we had in dexa 230 next thing sir which is important is it is an aircraft which is carrying almost about 8000 kg of uh, load which is enormous just to once again give uh, analogy mitroni one first while could carry only 1000 kg maximum weapons a jaguar could carry 3000 kg mirage could carry about 4000 kg now this is an aircraft which could carry 8000 kg of weapon along with the fuel so see how the enormity of the combat potential is going up and that's why this aircraft fitted almost in everything the next important thing which i want to share with my listeners is which is very very important that this aircraft is the first aircraft which had the thrust vectoring normally an aircraft which flies the thrust is from forward to rear that means it gives you thrust in a single direction that is longitudinal direction along the aircraft as it flies so it has to maneuver in such a manner so that the thrust gives a turn radius or the climb radius but in this case the jet nozzle the exhaust nozzles could be steered by about certain degrees so that it could now maneuver more efficiently and better in the lateral plane or the longitudinal plane so it could immediately it could do a maneuvers that were to get away from the combat area or get behind the enemy last but not the least that the weapons it could carry this is a platform which could carry almost every weapon on the inventory of the air force along with the ones which are being developed by the drd so this is the advantage which had all over all the aircraft that we had with the changing warfare that you asked the question this is how this aircraft suits the best for the changing warfare scenario for us thank you if we can go further what our listeners will be really interested in uh, is war in terms of uh, a comparison between us and well the countries which are really inimical to us chinese and the pakistanis i would say how do you compare their resources that they have and hawk aircraft like uh, su30 actually uh, the acres on the inventory of the pakistan are not very much except that everything is borrowed the most major aircraft that they had till that time was f16 which as i covered in the last podcast was that it was comparable to mirage 2000 they are in the similar category f16 were shade better however with the china giving the uh, tacit support to pakistan the chinese aircraft which is j10 series and the jf17 these two aircraft have also been come on the inventory of the pakistan so it is actually as good as comparing pakistan and china in terms of the technology aircraft number may be different but as far as technology is concerned pakistan having acquired from china is almost at same level barring that certain aircraft are not on inventory so i'll talk about china which will cover pakistan in any case 
So China, if you see, sir, they have got the aircraft J10 aircraft, J17, which they call it an emergency build. Along with that, they have Su-27, which is a similar to Su-30, but not as capable as Su-30 MKI that we have. There are large differences, but then it is still has got the capability of long endurance, larger distance, rate of climb. Those things are matchable. Only the weapon capability is slightly inferior to what we have. Similarly, J10 and J17, their J10 specially is comparable. But once again, it is not the fourth generation aircraft that we have in the Su-30. So there is distinct difference with the availability of Su-30 and the other aircraft of the adversary, best aircraft that they have. We always have an edge over them with the Su-30. And there is now Su-30 being the mainstay, almost 200 plus aircraft on our inventory. This is going to be the mainstay and this is where the number and technology combination is giving us an edge over the adversary, both Pakistan and China. Obviously, next week, which you are aware that Rafal is coming, that we will talk someday later. Okay, you said they carry a massive weapon load and you gave a comparison yes. with the other aircraft. Can you just tell us what are the kind of weapon loads that this aircraft carry? So within the constraints of the limitation that we have in terms of talking open forum, I will cover the basic weapon that it carries. First and foremost, there are different kind of weapons that I covered earlier. One is the air defense weapons, air to air missiles and guns, and other is the air to ground, that is strike aircraft which carry that is to destroy targets on ground. Now, this being the first true multi-role aircraft that we got our inventory, it is it can carry both at the same time in the same mission. So it can do multi-mission role on single takeoff, and since it's got a long endurance, long range capability, it can go to various targets, destroy and come back and take a air defense force. Combination of missiles it can carry. Most of them are BVRs, that is beyond visual range missiles, which are of the range more than 30 to 40 kilometers, going up to 70, 80 kilometers. Those kind of ranges it carries, those missiles, which can shoot down the aircraft, enemy aircraft at that distance. However, sir, along with this, we have now indigenized Astra missile also been incorporated in this thing on Su-30, as well as the latest Brahmos. Uh, you must have heard on the media, the Brahmos trials were successful, and Brahmos is also now the weapon on this. Brahmos has got a huge range of about more than 300 kilometers. So this is the kind of missiles it can carry. Along with that, it can carry combination of various bombs and ground destruction weapons. Now the type of bombs it carries is called CAR-500, CAR-1500, then Sudarshan, OFAB, and DRDO has built certain glide bombs. Not all these weapons, total it can carry is about 8,000 kg. Whereas these weapons which it carries mostly are LGBs, that is laser-guided bombs. Now, from the earlier days of mid 21 where they were glide bomb, pure glide bombs, no guidance, and the errors could be very high. These LGBs, laser-guided bombs, are well controlled and the positions are so high that they have an accuracy of almost oh, 3 meter accuracy, which is phenomenal. This is where, if you recall, Balakot, Mirages had used LGBs, while Sutatis were also along with them. They were also carrying the LGBs and the air defense missiles. So these are the precision weapons which they carry. Along with that, sir, it also carries anti-ship missiles and anti-ground. Now, whereas it can so it can fly in anti-ship role also over the sea, and since it's got twin engines and long range, it can go well deep inside the sea area also and give a capability and destroy targets. These are the kind of general weapons. Last point I want to mention, sir. This is very important, sir. That's why because our both our adversaries, China and Pakistan, are nuclear capable aircraft, and we need to have a deterrence as per our policy that we have a second strike capability. So this aircraft and like no first use. But we do have the ACARs, the Mirages and the Su-30s are the main ACARs for nuclear fuel. All right. Uh, going into the production area of this uh, 
particular story. Uh, you did talk a little bit about production of this aircraft in India, but can you give us the whole story about production yeah. in India? How has it progressed? If you can also give us a little bit of an idea about, I mean, where are we headed in terms of numbers uh, that we want to induct in the Air Force? If you remember, I spoke that first initial search was done in about 1994 when we home down to Sutati from Russia. While the talks were going on, around two years, 1996, the Russians came up with a upgraded version, which was offered to us, almost at the same price as the older version. Because of being old friend, old relations, they offered an almost same price. So they were also ready to give us technology transfer in due course of time to HL. So the HL could build because our number number required was very large. It was almost about 200 plus. So initial contract in 96-97 was for about uh, 30 uh, acres or so. These acres came in lockdown stage, assembled, and some came flew down. Some acres came in lockdown stage, assembled in uh, HL with the help of Russians. Obviously, Russians did the thing. Subsequently, sir. They helped us in setting up the entire technology uh, work work services here, hangars and the works. Now, once we had that, with the help of Russians, the next acre which came was semi-lockdown stage, where assembly was only done here. And by about 2000, year 2000 or so, we already had the whole assembly line going. So the production now was going to be done in Suzuki MKI in India only, and that was the entire thing took place. The rollout has started. And for almost about now ten uh, years plus, the HL has been producing, and we have now reached almost the optimum number that we desire. I told you about two hundred plus exact number. Uh, I may not be able to tell, but this is how the number was, and we have reached that number. And now the HL is doing is a uh, time has also come for the major servicing. So the same assembly line is now doing the servicing and turning out the aircraft. And that is all the entire setup has taken. Place. Right, which are the other countries that fly the same model Su thirty? Yeah, and how have they ever really been utilized in combat situations? If you know the Russian psyche and Russian uh, way of conducting their arms sale and all, they are very very choosy, rather I'll say, and they don't put in open market as such. It is normally sold to friendly countries. Despite Su-30 being in high demand, despite it being the one of the best aircraft in the on the uh, market, they refuse to sell it to any other Western countries. They restricted it to only you know countries like sir some. Su-27 did go to China, with China being uh, what we know relation between China and uh, Su-30 and Russia. Other countries that got were like Malaysia, Algeria, Indonesia, Armenia, Belarus. These are the kind of countries which got the Su-30. In fact, in Malaysia, we have sent our pilots to train Malaysian pilots. So this kind of thing system has been working. But no war testing as such, if you say, except that during Syria civil war in 2015. Russians had used their Su-30, and the weapon drops were very, very accurate. Sir, it's a pinpoint accuracy they were dropped. So this is the only test, actual test, which is available. Other than that, we have done large number of exercises as Indian Air Force. We have done exercises uh, in various uh, foreign countries. Like we did first is Cope Thunder with USA, then Cope India in India with US. Then we went, had an exercise Garuda with France. Then we had Red Flag in US, and also we started exercise with Singapore, which is called Sendex. Which is an almost annual exercise. So with so many countries with their aircrafts, and we have been doing with the Su-30, and in scope India, entire the U.S. media went gaga over Indian pilots' capability of the aircraft Su-30, which defeated almost every combination of F-16, F-16, and F-18 in that uh, exercise. So the potency of the aircraft has proved in these exercises. Right, as I understand, it's a very modern uh, design, very modern aircraft. Uh, but all these modern platforms. 
the problem uh, starts up with maintenance, keeping the service availability level at a state, at a state. You know when it's acceptable to the user really. How is maintenance, uh, uh, let's say, being attended to as far as this aircraft is concerned? There's this modern avionics to be attended to. There are weapon systems, all the complexity that you have. Sir, I must appreciate your in-depth uh, understanding of these systems, and your questions are very, very pointed and sharp. So, <laughs> what I'll say, you are very right. Absolutely right. These aircraft require tremendous amount of maintenance because the systems are far too many. So many systems just put into a small size aircraft and all. All these have to they have to interlink. The interlinking is very important. So the maintenance becomes that more. But thanks to our modernization, computer era, computer age, the things have got simplified. Once again, sir, I give a relation to the cars. It is very easy to understand with that. If you see ambassador and all, they are very few things and to maintain. Anybody could maintain. Then we moved on to Maruti, which also became an easy maintenance. But then as we moved on to better cars, now most of them have got MP5 engines and those kind of electronically controlled. So now when you go for servicing, everything is electronically controlled with computers set up and they tell you whether a car is okay or not okay. Even when you start your car in the morning, it tells you everything. All lights come on, they flash, they go off. So you don't have to worry now about checking any system. It tells you itself and a warning. Similarly, in these cars, the modernization and computerization has helped and the mini master computers on board the ACAR, as you go to the ACAR start, before you start, when the daily inspection is done, that technician just takes a readout on a small kind of chip or USB or a laptop which is attached to the ACAR. You run the ground power and everything is downloaded into the laptop. And then from there you take on and the system itself, the software tells you which all things are serviceable, which require maintenance, which don't require, and the huge amount of things. So there are almost about close to 330 parameters which are recorded all times. Now, humanly, it is impossible. So the computer-aided designs which we have software, they tell you everything. This is one part of the maintenance. So that you know what is wrong with the ACAR, you can correct it. Second part is, sir, earlier, every part had to be opened, changed, repaired, all those things we done. Today, we have the LR units. That is, they're straight away replaceable units. So you just remove that one unit, replace it with the one lying in the store, and now you send this part for repair. So there is no delay. Earlier, there were a lot of delays for the vehicle repair. Now there is no delay. Straight away, you replace. This is the second part of the maintenance. But yes, even during flying, a lot of other things are to be done. A lot of things, systems that we check manually also. And that takes time. So that definitely, there is a requirement of maintenance and system. People have to understand that. People have to be highly qualified, professional in that. So that kind of thing definitely takes time. And, uh, but if you compare, though the maintenance requirements have increased, so as the support of the existing system, like technology and computer, have helped. So it, it is not a uh, difficult thing. Right. Uh, thank you so much. I think we've had a very detailed talk about 230. I'm sure our thank listeners you. will have enjoyed it. And uh, thank you, listeners. Thank you for tuning in. And do tune in whenever you find time and you'll find a couple of such interesting stories being talked about on our News Warrior platform. Thank you, uh, Commodore. SP Singh, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you very much, sir. Looking forward to more interaction on this issue. It's very nice. And thank you for the listeners for patiently listening and uh, absorbing the thing. Thank you, sir. Thank you.